You're listening to the Community Call Podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. on Anchor.fm. Hello, folks. This is the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Raleigh Jr. We're back for another rousing episode of the Community Call Podcast. And, man, this is open mic night. We got a lot that we're going to say, and I hope everybody is doing okay wherever you are across america and across the world we got a lot we want to say to you guys we hope everybody's doing well we hope that you're sheltered in place we are finally sheltered in place here in south carolina and i'll tell you what folks how interesting that it's been these last few weeks and i tell you what the numbers don't lie the numbers are, are starting to talk with the amount of death and the, uh, the amount of deaths taking place across the world and here in America. And uh, folks, uh, there's nothing but sad news to keep reporting. Um, but we're going to try to have some fun tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the seriousness of things. But before we kick off, we want to remind you of this. It's only 73 days before spring ends. And this has happened 1,450,000. 46,557 have been confirmed with coronavirus. And this is globally. Total deaths, 83,424. That's how many folks have died from the coronavirus. 308,146 people have recovered from the coronavirus as well. So these are the numbers uh, that are that have been given to us um, from from the from the uh, from all the government agencies that have been getting this information and so um, sad news to keep reporting but that is a lot of deaths that is a lot of people who are infected over a million people have been infected with the coronavirus and we are it's miraculous that we are having recoveries and that's that's one of the things that has been going on um, ever since the coronavirus broke here in America. Now, um, there are some things that we kind of, the breaking news has been happening all day. One of the breaking news stories is that Bernie Sanders has ended his presidential campaign, and now the for sure nominee will be Joe Biden. And I tell you what, what some interesting news that came out with that, guys, and I tell you, uh, wasn't surprised at all by what, what news was coming out in that, in that respect, uh, one thing that I will say, uh, not surprised about what's going on right now, is totally understandable, and uh, that's that what makes a difference. And then we are, we hope that folks listen, and I keep saying that to folks, I need a hundred people to listen to some good old-fashioned common sense, and we hope we can do that. We have the guys here with us tonight, everyone. And we're going to bring them in right now. And uh, I tell you what, I'm excited. The guys are excited. Let's get this thing kicked off. Hello, Michael. Hello, Murray. Hello, everyone that is listening. And as Murray started off saying, hoping everybody's staying safe. The numbers are not good, but at least here in New York, it looks like we're hitting the plateau area and maybe things starting to go a bit downhill for the better. And let's just yeah. hope that way and thoughts and prayers for everyone, everyone. The nation, throughout the world. 
Yes, to everyone. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have the panelists of the year, Eshawn, here with us as well. Hey, Sean. How's it going? It's a pleasure to be here, Michael Murray. All right. Glad to hey, have bud. you. Man. Glad to have you back. And we're going to bring back. We're going to bring in Charlene. She's going to get uh, – I'm just – oh, I know. We're just going to have a good – hey, Charlene. <laughs> well, we had Charlene. Hey, Charlene, how are you doing? I'm here. Wonderful. Doing? We doing good. How about you? Doing good, Just Oh. Doing. Oh my, oh my. We also have another caller. Let's see who this is. We got a full house tonight. Go ahead, caller. Welcome to the show. I'd like to order a large pepperoni pizza, pan crust, if you mind. Oh my God. Oh, stop. How's that? Now, do I look like a pizza maker? Oh my goodness! It's our very own legal eagle, Mr. Bill Atkins, who is chiming in with us tonight. And oh man, I'm glad we. And don't let's have... not forget, and let's not forget, panelists of the year 2018. He's part of the elite team. Oh my goodness! We have the back-to-back in here this afternoon, this evening, the back-to-back award winners. Oh my goodness! I hope I ain't finna die, y'all. Oh, my dreams come true. My dreams come true. <laughs> I forgot something. Murray, I forgot something. First off, good evening, Charlene. Yeah. And that's for Bill Atkins. That's for Bill Atkins. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, my Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. You know, I just looked down. I just looked down and saw that this was happening. So I said, I'll call in now. Yeah, my goodness, I'm just. Oh, he's been missed. Oh, don't he? Yes, he's been missed so much. He's been missed so much, and we've been missing. Uh, just being in contact with each other is is my big thing. And right now, we are all sheltered in place, folks. And the difficulty of just reaching out and touch someone is is such a big deal. But to do it this way makes everything all right. It makes it all right. Well, folks, mm. we are. We have so much we can get into, and before we get into before we get into the politics, we want to we want to touch on the coronavirus a little bit and ask you guys how it's affecting you in your areas. Um, Michael, you kind of started started us out with what's happening in New York City. God bless what's going on there. I heard they're going to do temporary graves in the area uh, there in New York City because the number of bodies are, are stacking up and they don't have anywhere to put anybody, so they're going to create some temporary graves there um, somewhere located in the city. Did you hear anything about that? Uh, I heard something to that effect. The only thing I've been hearing is the extending of more medical sites for coronavirus testing as well as to um, – alleviate any pressures in the regular hospitals. They have um, testing set up in Central Park, in parts of Central Park. They have a testing set up in a section here in the Bronx in Co-op City in in, um, Bay Plaza, uh, right around where it um, wasn't the old um, movie theater parking lot was. And 
they have sections set up, I think, somewhere in Queens. Okay. It, it is all over. And I think, you know, thanks to our New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, who's been doing a phenomenal job in trying to stress people to people about social distancing, we should recall, we should rename that physical distancing just the same way um, your yes. guest at one time, Dr. Dunstan, I hope I said her name correctly, um, you did. called it. Yes, she- so if people understood physical distancing, maybe they get a better picture of the matter. And until we get the answers as to how this um, virus came about and what can be done to really knock it out of our hairs, get the cloud away from over our heads, besides just flattening the curve. So we got to survive. Yeah, we do. We got to help one another. We do. Sean, how's things happening in your area? I know you're still in Virginia. Is that correct, sir? Yeah, I am. Uh, oh, as of, okay. As of Thursday, um, as is upcoming tomorrow at noon, they're actually tightening more. Um, restaurants are now only either you take out or deliver. They've, they're yeah. actually now finally getting serious. I mean, for the past week, it's been a ghost town because most people are worried, but you see people now stocking up on everyone's masking up, getting as much as they can. It's um, where I'm at, people are actually taking it seriously, but sadly, the, the factories are still running. Uh, yeah. I, I, I sadly believe that the biggest thing is businesses are not going to shut down until they're given the order from not from the I don't even think they'll hold back for the governor. I think you actually have, have to make it federal for them to stop. I think so myself too, but we'll see what happens next. Charlene. You're in Virginia as well. How, how's things on your on on in your neck of the woods? Sorry, Al, had to borrow well, that one. How's happening? We're up to 15 cases, believe it or not. We have 15 wow. cases of coronavirus in our area, and we've only had I think one or two deaths out of that that have been reported. Um, that's pretty good for the size town that we have. Um, but the simple fact still that people are not doing what they're asked to do to stay home. They're still going out, hanging out in parking lots, even though they're in cars, they're still hanging out in parking lots. The kids, you know, still are enjoying themselves. Um, nobody's really listening, but thank God, by the grace of God, we've only had 15 cases in Danville, Virginia. Wow, wow, wow. Bill, how's things happening in Kentucky? Uh, well, I think it's quite as serious as other locations. We're a, a rural state, uh, not that many bigger cities. Uh, we've got a total of, we've got less than 1,400 statewide cases and deaths to date. As of today, are 73. Uh, in my county, there are five, I think, cases. And they, and they But keep in mind, when they have five cases in a county like this, it's so communicable um, that it's going to explode quickly at some point. Uh, oh, the governor here, Bashir, has done quite a good job. He satisfied both. Parties, they, they everybody criticized him because he's been pretty judicious about it. Um, closed down the state. There's uh, bars, uh, uh, non-essential businesses are, are closed. Restaurants are closed, um, and so you can take out certainly. But um, overall, we, we've escaped the worst of it. But we've got people that uh, are vulnerable. They're, they're they're griping about attributing the deaths to coronavirus because people have other issues. 
but they attribute it to coronavirus because that's what makes the the underlying interest issues makes them vulnerable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I myself are in a situation where I have a home in eastern Kentucky about three hours from here, and I sent my I live about 30 miles from uh, south of Cincinnati, and I, I sent my family there a couple of weeks ago, and they've been there since. Uh, I'm here by myself, and I have to reference pop culture. It's, it's always yet to explain it sometimes, but uh, if you've seen Will Smith and I Am Legend, uh, Bill is legend here. I'm, wow. I'm on my television, my guns, and my booze, um, and just getting by. Wow, wow. Well, here in South Carolina, we have uh, about 24,000 tests done. Uh, We don't have a backlog right now. We've got at least uh, 6,000 beds that are being utilized. Only about 5,000 beds are available. And so there's a whole lot that's happening here with the situation. Uh, One thing that we have uh, been told to be sheltered in place. Finally, Governor McMaster decided to do that, um, which was a good thing because folks here were just going right about their day like there was nothing going on, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, most folks are That's still in the, most folks are still in the hoarding mindset here. No water, no toilet tissue, no paper towels, that sort of thing. Meats Meats, especially folks are buying meats by the droves, and and that's something that mm-hmm. just amazes me that folks are buying that much meat because they feel like there's not going to be another uh, opportunity to get meat. Um, uh, we have a, a a ton of people who are still not being proactive with the social distancing. They're still getting together. They're still spending time with each other in close proximity with each other. So. Um, it's sad that folks are not adhering to the in, adhering to the laws that have been put in place for this, and it's just shameful that folks continue to um, not do what they need to do when it comes to to the coronavirus. And uh, it's sad that uh, we have to go through this period of asking people to com- to comply. And I tell you what, the governor in South Carolina said, if you're not home at a specific amount of time, you're going to be arrested, hundred dollar fine, thirty days in jail. XYZ. So folks have been warned. That's the interesting part to this. Um, I know mm-hmm. another place next door to me in Georgia, same things going on over there. Brian Kemp just extended their stay in place order till May 13th. And that's go- that's a real big deal because a lot of folks in Georgia are still not adhering to the stay in place order either. Um, folks are still doing it, going about their day, just like nothing's going on with the coronavirus. And it's sad that folks continue to not I gotta listen. Raise something. Go ahead, Michael, raise, raise your issue. Yeah, I got to raise something with Brian Kemp because he, and this is why a lot of people are not adhering to the importance of physical distancing and shelter in place. It's because of the inaccurate or inconsistent mix and mixed messages from the leaders. And since you brought Brian Kemp, he's going to have to answer how in the world is it that he has his shelter-in-place order going in, but then he, not too long ago, he reopened the state um, beaches and and invited, encouraging people to come and gather around, gather in and all that. So which way are you going, Mr. Kemp? And mind you, that had he not cheated in the governor's race and robbed Stacey Abrams 
of the gubernatorialship, and Stacey Abrams was governor, you wouldn't have this kind of mess. And so when you got Republicans that want to keep playing games with the safety and the lives of a lot of people and give the wrong messages and set the wrong examples, you're going to have this mess and this thing of, and Lord knows, I've spoken about this, you and I spoke about this, Murray, when people have this attitude of, I do whatever I want, period. No, you can't do that. And Governor Cuomo here in New York, the state that has been the hardest hit of this COVID-19, he says that the people who are stubborn, and he really lashed out at them. He said, what right do you have to go about your foolishness and jeopardize other innocent people that are trying to be in compliance? Yes, there are some people that are out to just get the necessities, do their grocery shopping, or go to the pharmacy, or if they have doctor's appointments, but they are not hanging outside in a social matter. And then somebody is hanging out or doing stuff they're not supposed to, and then they want to get sick or something happens, all of a sudden you're going to call 911 and say, we need assistance because blah, blah, blah is out here. And the first question is, what are you doing out here in the first place? And then you're jeopardizing the safety and lives of the first responders. So again, where people are not thinking, and it goes right back to what you said, Maria, about old-fashioned common sense. And we have the mix-up of Kim, and certainly not the foolishness of Trump calling this a hoax and calling this a witch hunt. That's what started this mess. I want to do this. I want to do this as this great thing. You, speaking of the 45, we're going to ask everybody their opinion. And I heard Bill coming in. Come in, Bill. What 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 are you thinking? Because you have been on Donald Trump's backside. Well, I, I want to say I was at the, was at the doctor Yay. recently, right before this closed down, and uh, and I was checking out, and the guy in front of me said six foot, and I thought he was talking about how tall I was. And I said, I said, I thought you were talking about height. He said, no, six three. <laughs> but uh, uh, well, Donald Trump. Uh, oh God, uh, you got enough time. How much? How many shows we got here? Uh, Donald Trump's a hot mess. This is the Trump virus because Trump virus, tr- Trump earned it. He owned it by virtue of his delay in taking action. He was told by Navarro on January 24th. He was told by uh, uh, intelligence agencies last November. Um, he was telling, even though he closed down or, 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 or limited, he did not close down China travel, but he limited it in uh, late January. A month later, he was calling this whole thing a hoax. And then right. he gave himself 10 out of uh-huh. 10 uh, as to his performance, which is a, a hell of a steep curve. And finally, <laughs> he said something to the effect, he said something to the effect that, that if we only have 100,000, 200,000 dead, I've done a great job. Um, Donald wow. Trump is so far out. Oh, of sweet I mean, Jesus. Now, about, about, the, about the time this stuff went down, we had the economy crash, we had the coronavirus, we had Donald Trump as president, and I needed a root canal. I mean, how, how bad could it get? It, it, it's, it's the worst set of factors who are facing such a, a crisis as this is Donald Trump. And, and, and it's, it's not going to get better. I don't expect, uh, here in, in Kentucky, for instance, and what I do, the courts are closed through May 1st, and that was an extension from 
I think April 6th. And I don't think we'll be back in court until June, to be honest with you, handling the various uh, things that are necessary. And that's just the legal profession. Let's talk about these other things, the people that run the restaurants, the the waiters who depend upon salary and tips. Um, You know, it's one thing for me to uh, prepare for this and be able to get by a month or two or longer. Who knows? But what I'm worried about are the people that can't get through next week. And there's a hell of a lot of people out there who can't because this economy that Trump was so proud of has left them behind. Now, keep in mind, as to that economy, I have said for a long time this economy was precarious. A good stiff breeze was going to knock it over because Trump's policies created a bubble. Well, it wasn't a stiff breeze. It was a hurricane that hit it, and look what happened. Um, Keep in mind, too, that Donald Trump used every counter-recession tool he could to run the economy hot. Low interest rates, tax cuts, hit 29,000. But that was an economy with no legs. And you see how fast it fell, almost 10,000 points, right at 10,000 points. Now it's down about six right now, but it's so volatile. It's, It's up and down. It's a cycle up and down. But one thing I've noticed is the economy that Barack Obama left, about 19,000, has maintained some solidity because he had a good foundation for his economy. They've erased all the so-called gains of the Trump economy by by virtue of what's happened. But Barack Obama's accomplishment remains, and I'm quite proud of that. Yeah, it's very interesting that that he's continuing to be – uh, on the showboat side of things, especially during the during the press conferences, and I tell you what, it's it, it's very hard. It is very hard to watch. Sean, what what are your thoughts on watching uh, Forty Five perform in the conferences? He doesn't do well in the news conferences at all. I think uh, John Carl sure paid a price for him had lashing out against John Carl. He was asking some poignant questions, and I felt like. Oh, the John is stepping on your toes. Is that why you upset, Mr. President? I think it was. Sean, what's your thoughts? Our moron in chief is not only ill not only did he remove the safety riggings by gutting the CDC, uh, pretty much making the economy by gutting the he our, he turned our yeah he talked about how fast our economy was growing. That's like gutting the brakes out of a Maserati and. Saying, look how fast I'm going. Now we just exactly. hit a brick wall. And if I'm correct now, the last time I checked, it was almost 6 million people are get, I'm looking for unemployment. They're looking for unemployment assistance right now because of this. Exactly. There are, yes. are 200,000 in, in my state. Yep, unemployment. Nationwide, it's about around either 6 million, if I correct, in total at the moment. But yes, like that. this country. Not only was this economy is not prepared to handle any stress or struggle, because again, look, the average American is one pay one missed paycheck away from being homeless, mm-hmm. and I'm worried about those who their jobs let go. They aren't like doing a moratorium or hanging on, or they're yeah. not doing anything to kind of protect them. And now we're pretty much sending them to the wolves. Not only that, because COVID-19. There are landlords who are saying, I am not waiting for you. I am not. I don't care. I want my money. Mm. And mm. 
Mm. And that's the thing. It's not just greed in that case. There are 14 states right now that are actually allowing congregations of, you know, congregations as long as it's under a religious statement. I understand yep. going to church, but, again, that's a whole bunch of people in a small location in a, in a time when, physical, as Michael said, physical distancing is important. Fourteen states have said, oh, as long as you're doing it um, for religious reasons, we don't, we're not going to stop it. Yeah, yeah, very, 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 very crazy stuff happening, especially with all the young folks who went down there and did spring break in Florida. And my goodness, those young folks, I don't care if I do get it, I'm going to make it anyway. You know, the attitude of young people, sorry, Sean, the attitude of young people. Not just Florida, but at California, too. Yeah, California as well, and other places too, Michael, and not just California, but uh, you can think of a whole other coastlines where folks were south carolina included too folks at the beaches here mm-hmm. little beach especially let me get to charlene charlene what what are your thoughts on things uh, this, the the president sean's talking about uh folks ain't being self-disciplined how do you feel well um we had a poll here on one of the local radio stations that um acts how do you feel your president is doing and handling the situation with coronavirus good bad I don't care, or I don't know, whichever the one was. But it was more people that had I don't know than it was good. Most people good was second place and bad was third place. Can you imagine? Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You can't imagine. If people aren't really, you know, keeping an eye on what's going on politically, again, I don't know is the most poignant part. They don't take time to notice, so of course they don't know. I mean, for as much people want to hail, for much as people want to hail the twelve hundred dollars people should be getting, keep in mind that if every person in the United States, that's three hundred about three hundred thirty million, um, three hundred thirty million people, man, women, and child, got uh, twelve hundred out of a two trillion dollar bailout, that's hmm. only twenty percent of that. Twenty percent of the two trillion actually went to the people. Where did eighty yeah. percent? Where did one point one or one point three trillion dollars go? Exactly. The corporation pockets, and we're sitting here uh, like uh, that was the greatest trick in the world. I got a feeling That's that we're going to hear point. some more about that. We're going to hear some more about the money trail. It's going to come up in some conversations here really soon. As we move forward, go ahead with your comment, Michael. I know you was thinking that's kind of crazy. Go ahead. Yeah, that's why I was about to warn everybody with this $1,200. Remember the phrase, I believe it when I see it, because there was a report earlier today that Trump ousted the overseer of this $2 trillion supposedly stimulus package, and Trump wants to, in so many words, wants to um, oversee this himself. And you know what what in the world that's going to do. And then, you know, it's like, are we going to see the $1,200 or will the, um, Nancy Pelosi and Democrats in the House have to start another investigation hearing, even if it has to be virtual, turn physical later and start investigating um, Mr. 45 as to him screwing the American people once again? You know, that's why, that's why this is such a doggone mess when it comes to the stimulus package, when it comes to um, 
the social distancing, um, the monitoring of this virus, because this guy does not want to listen to the experts, and he is forever going on public airwaves trying to dominate Como, trying to dominate de Blasio. Bill de Blasio is the New York City mayor, by the way. When you have, for a large part, the Democratic governors and Democratic mayors setting guidelines, safety guidelines to deal with this mystery virus that we cannot see, hear, or even touch, or even smell for that matter, on how to survive, and the reports in that progress, Trump always wants to get on the airwaves and want to supersede everybody with his falsehoods, with his alternative facts, in the words of <laughs> Kellyanne Conway. And that's well, what screws everything up. Well, this is what that's I want to say right here. Right now. This is what I want to say right here while we're talking about this stuff, because it's important. One, we know the president has been cutting up because he feels like this thing is going to pass over and he's going to set the economy free again. Uh, that ain't going to happen, folks. I just want to be just going to say it here on air tonight. It, it, we are not going back to normal by no means. The only way we go back to normal is we get we get through these we get through these peaks and valleys of this of this virus. There won't be a vaccine for 18 months. At least that's what Dr. Fauci has said already. Uh, th- there's there's no way we can go back to normal. We're going to have to keep being isolated from each other. Um, um, folks need to get real with themselves. Um, like Ishan said, you got folks having church still. You got large congregations get together. And what's terrible about this, people just think normalcy is, is something they're entitled to. But you, you're not entitled anymore now because what you can do is is hurt everybody else in the process with this, and that's what's happening with folks Especially everywhere. first responders. Everywhere, everywhere. I have seen signs all through my community where everybody's supporting first responders, the nurses, doctors, everyone else who's involved, the police departments, fire department, everybody's, everybody's giving them props right now. What I want to do is give props to everybody who is feeding the homeless and taking care of the homeless folks out here in, in the country. There, there are tons and tons of homeless people right now sleeping on the bridges, sleeping on the streets. They are absolutely exposed to this environment of the coronavirus. They are exposed in so many other areas, too. But this this is the most deadly exposure that they can be in right now. And my heart goes out to them every time I see a homeless person. I have a tear in my eye because I know the ramifications of not being sheltered in place somewhere and being protected it's just a big deal right now for everyone who's involved and everyone who's trying to feed people. Um, I saw where uh, up in, I think it was Chicago or somewhere where there was uh, there, there were um, a, a line of cars where people were getting meals to eat. Like they had prepared over 800 meals and they end up doing 2000 meals for people to come by and grab and, and you know, have something to eat. Um, it, we're in a very tight situation, folks, and it's going to take some time for people to understand that we have to come through this together. And, and I'm going to say this, too. It's real important to say hoarding has to stop. I'll I tell you what, folks, here in here in my state where folks have taken hoarding to the next level and and took away meats out of meat cases, toilet tissue, paper towels, um, sanitary napkins. Uh, hand sanitizer, alcohol, Clorox, the you name it, everything that we use to sanitize with those shelves are bare. 
And mm-hmm. uh, it's just awful to think that way, that people continue to hoard. Yes, I see a few signs in specific stores that we go to where they're telling, they're asking customers, please do one per one per person, not get limit 10. One. Yeah, limit one per person or something like that. I spoke to my youngest son who works at Walmart, and he told me, he said, Dad, uh, it's very tough out here. It's very tough. When we get the stuff up on the shelves, it gets gone as soon as we get it up on the shelves. People are actually waiting for trucks to come in, and they hoard all this stuff out. I don't know about you guys, but you, you see all these stories on Facebook, and you see people fighting in the stores. You see people walking out with two carts of, of paper towels and, and toilet tissue and stuff like that. It's just shameful that folks don't think of others in a time like this where we all need to be selfless, not selfish, selfless, and, and help others uh, achieve some measure of everything. Charlie, uh, talk to me. How, how do you feel? You in, you are in, 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 in a field where you deal with people all the time, being a social worker. Tell me, Talk to me a little bit. What's the state of mind of folks when you see them? It does not shock me. It doesn't shock me at all. Um, we have individuals that will get on Facebook and belittle people for going out and buying food because they have food stamps, and they'll, you know, say, well, I am entitled to mine, too. I don't know how we feel about this right now because, you know, it's just, it's nothing I've ever seen before. Me either. I can't wrap my mind around it. I never would have thought that it would have ended up like this. And I I just can't, I can't, you know, understand now. You're talking about toilet paper. A friend of mine, we trolled, and I laughed about it on Facebook, we're trolling around town looking for toilet paper. Guess what? We actually did find some, so I said, sis, uh, we found toilet paper, and I shouted out to where it was. Do you know how sad that is? Yes, very much so. Very much so. Very sad. Very sad. But, you know, for someone like myself, and each I'll tell you, I used to stock up on cleaning supplies, toilet paper, stuff like that. Because I had, in my mind, a concept of I was buying for boys. So when you buy for boys, you need a whole lot. So it stuck with me. So right now, I'm kind of thankful that I did keep that mindset because I don't know if I would have toilet paper right now. And I I didn't hoard like that. I just bought the really big mega rolls. I bought one mega roll that was 12 packs. The value pack. Yes, because I did that. I didn't have to buy toilet paper since February, and I am still still have rolls. Awesome, awesome. At least someone so, who cares. That, that makes a difference. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I, I agree. You don't have to. You don't have to contend with the fact that uh, of watching people hoard because you you you, you right. took care of yourself. We we, we right. kind of we here in South Carolina where where you have to drive 20 minutes to 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 a store or, or more sometimes, and and when you get there and then you walk down the aisle, I think I think I took a picture of 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 the aisle in Walmart. If you guys hadn't seen it, it's up. And where both sides of the aisles were empty. I mean, there was no paper on either side of these aisles. And when you go to a Walmart, now that they have put in place that they only want a specific amount of people inside the Walmart, you pretty mm-hmm. much do have a chance to grab some toilet, some toiletries and stuff like that. 
even bread is 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 a commodity here folks are buying bread by the by the by the loaves it's just crazy what's going on with folks they think there's they think there's there's no one else to be considerate of they just want to keep hoarding up everything that leaves nothing for nobody else bill what's happening in kentucky how how folks deal with it in kentucky well i personally have been panic buying beer and ammunition but um but but ultimately, people are doing the same thing. The, the, this reflects a lack of confidence in our government today and the supply yeah. chains. I mean, the first thing that Trump and Trump should have done was reinforce that supply chains will remain open, that there will be no shortage of food or toilet paper or, or other items. And and he didn't do that. They they left it wide open. People raided the stores, hit the toilet paper aisle, even the even the big box stores like the Costco, uh, of which I'm a member. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Gone. Uh, now it's slowly trickling back, but um, but ultimately um, uh, the same circumstance. And you know, we in this nation have been very fortunate over the decades. Uh, I'm 64. I've, I I recall, uh, and you may too, the the tragedies in various nations, Biafra, Somalia, um, nations where they literally children were starving to death, and we we watched that from afar. And we're way overdue to be basically subjected to the same circumstance ourselves. And I'm a history major. I'm aware of circumstances where people do start to death. And it's bad enough to to see it from afar and be powerless. But imagine it happening in your backyard to your children and being powerless. That's what scares people. And there has been no reassurance and no credible effort – from our government, particularly that one in Washington D.C. and Donald mm-hmm. Trump, to to reassure us, uh, the 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 $1,200 that we're going to get, well, I won't necessarily, but some people will get, um, is a drop in the bucket. But the trade-off oh, yeah. to get that drop in the bucket was a half a trillion dollars to corporations that just got a tax cut. American Airlines got a tax cut. They want $50 billion of this amount to stay stay in uh, business, but they took $45 billion in that tax cut they got a couple of years ago. That was supposed to stimulate business and, and, and help people and, and raise their incomes. They took $45 billion and bought their own stock back. Of course, we've got what? senators right now who, uh, when all this went down, um, they, they knew it was coming, so they made uh, they, they bought and sold their stock based upon insider information. That's right. We have a person that's next door and she's she she bought the stock and folks over here are not saying anything about her. And, and, and I don't understand why they should, why they are not because her hands is stuck in that cookie jar too. And uh, uh, guys, you can look up this person. I'm not even going to say her name tonight because her name, she just was a prime pick for Brian Kemp to be a senator. And uh, uh, just so happened to fall into that little bit of something right there from the stock market, that windfall. And folks kind of didn't want to talk about that windfall she received. And uh, it's just absolutely shameful folks are doing that kind of stuff nowadays. What's appalling is finding out that people are, are, are moving about with it and, and not saying anything because they don't want to step on anybody's toes. 
Well, you've already stepped on millions and millions of people's toes by hoarding this money away from folks. That's what hurts even more. Michael, go ahead with your comment. What are you thinking, my friend? You know what? To add to this hoarding um, issue, it's another pretty much scandalous um, act that's going on. And this is where people got to be careful, too, because you go into the supermarket and you're finding that individual just talking, say, individual rolls of paper towel, individual rolls of toilet tissue, or even a four-pack, or just being clear from the show that now they have to limit one per person. But what was at least reported here in the in the metro area, which includes New York City and New York, um, parts of New Jersey, and even parts of Connecticut, the tri-state area, is that some people be buying these items and they don't need it, but what they'll do is try to resell them off the streets for twice the price. So yeah. that is despicable in itself. That is definitely kind of like a Donald Trump move. If people no, want to um, keep, no offense, Michael, uh, but that's America right now. Uh, yeah, I'm, sorry, John, that, I'm sorry, I've been sitting back listening, and it, the greed, the selfishness, the you know trying to make profit off of off of um, other people's misery. That's the America we've created. This is what this yeah. is what I, I, me I'm and again I'm gonna come out I have a set bias I'm progressive I'm actually a social democrat and this is what happens when you let this is what happens when you don't have capitalism on a chain you have people who will profit off of the misery of others that is in the insider trading the people hoarding to sell the people who are the people there's even people online who are trying to sell like silver, um, liquid silver and other stuff claiming it fought off coronavirus. Uh, yes. Alex Jones Alex Jones almost got sued because he claimed that he had a toothpaste that fought off coronavirus. This is what mm-hmm. happens when you let this is what happens when you let capitalism run without mm-hmm. chain. And this is one thing that we have not learned as a country. And, Even Spain, oh, a country... And you got, uh, what and you got other scams that are oh. going... And you've got other scams that are going on in which people are trying to call you up and saying that we're trying to process your refund or the $1,200, whatever the case may be, it, but then they want to say, we just need your Social Security number to finalize it. And the What's most that? vulnerable they try to contact are the elderly. So this is some serious, despicable stuff that's going on. It's absolutely insane what's going on with people right well, now. Well, keep in mind that uh, that televangelists will want uh, those people, those elderly people, to send in their portion mm-hmm. to, to, to contribute to them. You know, Kenneth mm-hmm. Copeland still wants you to send in ten percent. I heard, I heard, and he said he blew away the coronavirus. Okay, okay, okay. Murray promised not to get. Oh, Bill, you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you don't want me. To, we don't want to go there, but because folks are so gullible and and. <laughs> Guys, I can't I can't say what I want to say because this is a PG show. And it's just awful. You mean a G rated show? That too. It's awful folks are thinking like they just don't have a, a living body or whatever. An alien has taken over their body or something to hear this kind of crap going on in this country where people just don't care. Reselling goods to make a higher profit off of, you know, you're supposed to go to jail for doing stuff like that. You know that, right? You're supposed to go to jail for doing stuff like that. That's how it changed the law, too. If I would like to quote, 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. My bad. All I got to say to that, though, is allow me to quote Aaron Rond, the person of uh, a kind of a neoconservative idol. Breed is is good. And those who have the Rondian, Iron Rondian style of, um, of, you know, exceptionalism, that idea of, yeah, me being a selfish, greedy, horrible human being is good for the economy. And thus you're seeing that in full bloom. You know something? I'm going to say this in a, in, in a, in a correct in a correct way because I, I need to. One, 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 this nonsense is driven by greed, yes. Number two, it's driven by the lack of leadership from Washington, D.C., because people do not see leadership anymore. Bingo. They're, seeing, they're seeing absolute ignorance in Washington, D.C., coming from both sides, actually, because our side is acting up a little bit, too. Because we could be a little more sterner when things need to get done instead of letting this stuff roll. Um, Trump is just rolling through, and the Democrats are very quiet. The only time we've been making oh, noise course. is the fact that we've been, we've been quiet. Yes, we've been quiet. The only time we're making noise now is because Joe is, Joe is probably going to be is the nominee, virtual nominee for the presidency. Number three in this situation, guys, is the fact that we have a president who continues to ignore the information. The information comes from from his team members of the coronavirus team members are telling him, Mr. President, do we you can do one, two, three. He refuses to even listen to them. He's more concerned about his his ratings than anything else. And for some reason he he thinks he's on television and, and it's all about ratings. And it's all about I, I need to look good, which is that is is a pure person with idolatry in their blood going up and down. Number four, what's sad about this thing? The world is watching. And I know the world continues to watch America self-implode every day. You have a bunch of leaders across the world who are females and they are taking care of their countries very well, taking care of people very well. And it's, it's awful that who once was a leader, America is no longer a leader, and people are starting to see us as a third world country. Sad to say that, sad to say that, but there is some truth to what I'm saying. Folks, do your homework. You can just research this stuff, and it comes to the surface all the time. Number five is if we don't continue to unite as a group of people, and I'm talking Republicans and Democrats and Americans all all our way around, this virus will consume us. There won't be anybody left to do anything in this nation. Mm-hmm. We have to come together as a people. White, black, yellow, green, orange, purple, whatever color you are, whatever demographic you come from, whatever political status you come from, you need to be a part of this family. And I'm glad my legal eagle's here because he come back to the family. Oh, my goodness, my heart is all, all up in my throat. But I'm just going to tell you, if people don't do these things, we will fail, folks. We will fail, and we, we cannot afford to fail. We have to become that ever-loving family. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. We got to learn how to live with each other. If we don't, we're going to doom this nation. There won't be no, there won't be a nation for my grandson to go to live in. It, it, he, he'll just live on an island somewhere. And this is awful well, how folks got... 
Go ahead, man. We've, we've got to recognize, though, there is an enemy of the people, and he's in the Oval Office. Yes, I mean, sir. You, I only trust. Mm-hmm. I only trust Donald Trump for one thing. I trust that he will lie. It doesn't matter if it's a lie is big or small. He'd rather lie than tell the truth. In Eastern Kentucky, where I'm from, we say Donald Trump's the kind of guy that could blow up an onion sack. Now, you may recall, an onion sack is a mesh bag. That's how big a hot air balloon he is, how, 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 how much of a liar is. And, and just a few months ago, uh, I think it was the Washington Post that documented that he told 17,000 lies, 17,000. And, and a couple of things. One, they keep saying he's made false statements, misleading. Well, they say he lied because that's what he does. And Pretty two, 17,000 17, lies. We know he told 17,000 lies. How absolutely gullible and stupid must you be that after 17,000, you'd actually believe 17,001? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, it we, is. We are this, – this guy has – we are – he's done more damage to this nation than any single instance pretty much in its history. I'm yeah. counting World War II. I'm counting the Civil War. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a more damaging circumstance or de- or a, a, a factor in our decline than Donald Trump. America was always great. Yes. He's making America not great. And people and leaders in other countries, they're watching us not because Trump's powerful, he's doing anything right. They're watching us like people watch a train wreck or a or, or car crash. Yes. yes. That's what's happening here. And it's just getting worse every day. And and there's so if I can take you back on that. Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead, Michael. And then come in, and Charlene. Take you back. Yeah, back there, Charlene. Come in. Come on ahead, Michael. What what's your what's your what's your what's your comment there? Yeah, to pay you back on what you said, Murray, and what Bill just said. Yeah, the world is watching partially because they don't want any of that garbage going into their country. So that's why they're watching Trump uh, yeah, you uh, like like really closely, but they understand that much of America is not um, supporting any of this. And then when you say about good leadership, good leadership sets good examples for people to follow and then for people to just put into good practice. That's why Barack Obama was such an excellent leader. And when you have uh, somebody like Trump that wants to keep conning people, the biggest con artist in the history of the United States, as some people say it. That's why you got this hoarding that's going on, because you're setting an example and telling people, all right, this is the norm, this is legit, this is how you succeed. You know, you think the people think that the only way to succeed is to make other people fail, to make other people miserable, to bully on top of others? No, that's how, not how you really succeed. A person that truly succeeds in life knows how to love and respect other people. You want them to succeed as well. You want to take them on to cloud nine so everyone can enjoy the fruits of success and everyone to benefit equally. That's the whole thing, equally. And exactly. nobody, is follow, nobody is following that, and that's why you have Trump that's constantly lying and wants to bully reporters. We need our reporters, our journalists, our media to start putting their foot down and say, look, well, you may have to 
are a president, but you're not being presidential, and you're not going to talk to me like some kind of five-year-old. I'm an adult. I'm doing my job for the American people. I'm asking the questions that they will be asking, and I demand respect here. Just like you want respect, you got to earn it and start putting him in his place. John Carl, I hope you listen to this podcast because he really, the president really went after John Carl and it was just awful, guys. <sighs> Charlene, what's your thoughts? Everybody's everybody's kind of in the same mode. How are you feeling because of, of what Trump is doing? You guys, you have to deal with people on the personal level, being a social worker. Um, stability is everything for you guys. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. We are just being very quiet right now and just working. I, I appreciate the various individuals that are passing out lunches to kids. They've been doing it. The community um, retail has been passing out lunches ever since this has been started. So no child has been left behind. Every child gets to eat. And so um, the schools are stepping up and providing schoolwork for kids. I, what my biggest fear is that there's going to be an influx of children in the foster care system right now, being that everybody's stuck in the house, everybody's getting on each other's nerves, and so things are start going to start getting bad for them. Oh, my goodness. So I'm oh praying goodness. for them. I'm praying for the elderly. I'm praying for, the, for basically everybody. I'm checking around on my friends, calling on them. Yeah. Right yeah. now, all we can do is just be quiet, stay focused, and pray, not yeah. panic. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, well tell, talk to me about your, uh, about the person occupying the seat of leadership. How do you feel about him right at this moment? I can't think about him, Murray, because I have diagnosed myself with intermittent explosive disorder. <laughs> and every time somebody mentions that individual's name, I tend to go off. So I, I'm in treatment. I'm treating myself with various techniques. And and strategies to make sure that when people mention his name, I don't go slam off. But but it's hard. It's very hard. Okay. November. I'm hoping and praying that nothing gets in the way of that because I am afraid of that. Mm-hmm. But um, we are definitely hoping and praying that November Heavenly Father will alleviate us from this this travesty. Hmm. I'm trying to remember you called that what uh, it, it meant it, uh, what whatever Whew, that was a big one Charlene that was a big one I'm trying to maintain my disorder too because I, I, I you know I don't swear a lot y'all I've, I've been trying not to swear so much here lately and and sometimes you just Do you have swear to... on that no, no, I can't. I'm just going to be honest. I, I can't because sometimes you, and you know, I have, I, know. I have to take myself outside and, and, and leave it to to all those pine trees in my backyard. Like, here you come, here you come, y'all. Merce and give it to us. Oh, my goodness. The crazy, the lunacy that goes on with this guy. The lunacy that goes on with him is just absolutely egregious to everything that I that I know about a man that I've seen in men, and it's just egregious to watch this individual act this way, and and call himself a leader. It's just horrible. It's horrible. 
not just for us. It's horrible for the nation, actually. And it's horrible for those in the world who look to America as a beacon of hope. We don't have that beacon anymore. That beacon is turned into a nightlight. And that's the sad thing we are with this to folks. Um, I got to ask Bill a question in regards to what happened with the Supreme Court overturning um, a, a voting rights, a voting rights um, issue not too long ago here. Uh, I know there was two names, uh, two justices names who came to the forefront with this. And they are, are, are it happened in Wisconsin, guys. Um, they're making it difficult for folks to vote in mm-hmm. primary in Wisconsin and so forth. Yes, yeah, so I want to move back to politics for a second. Um, they're making it difficult for folks to vote in, in, in these states that were critical to uh, Donald Trump winning last time in 2016. And so, Bill, what, what do you have any idea what took place uh, legally with, with, the, with the, the, the situation with the Supreme Court? Because I know they roll back some laws or they put some laws in place where people can't just actually rush uh, rush up in and and try to vote the absentee ballots or voting by mail. Right. I know that, that that's the idea that's well, coming about. And Senator well, Colbert, what they want to do is limit the ability for people to vote by mail or or, or extend the voting days and hours. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, you won't get Wisconsin's results until next monday they any ballots cast by mail must be received by i think next monday the 13th and then they'll be counted and then after that they won't uh this election yesterday the governor moved to postpone it it was recommended by the health department to postpone it the wisconsin Mm -hmm. supreme court said no it will be held today uh keep in mind the same day that the wisconsin supreme court said it was safe for people to vote in an election. In Texas, they were saying it was unsafe for women to get an abortion. Certainly, that was a subterfuge to limit their right to abortion. Um, but uh, that's what happened in terms of what yesterday and pushing that vote forward. Part of the issue, too, was not it wasn't so much the presidential primary. It was the fact that on the ballot were uh, a Supreme Court justice in office right now and his opponent. And they were trying right, to right. basically suppress or or somehow create chaos in that vote so as to give that particular individual the edge to be back in office afterwards because uh-huh. he is going to be the swing vote as to a question of purging 200,000 voters from the rolls in Wisconsin. And that's their ultimate goal. Their ultimate goal is always to suppress the vote in whatever method they can. Personally, I would be all for and think it would be correct to make voting compulsory. Everybody shall vote, but they're trying to limit votes. Um, mm-hmm. Here in Kentucky, they, they passed a law that our governor vetoed that voter ID is required. Keep in mind, the Secretary of State and no Secretary of State in, most re- in recent memory, not one case of voter ID fraud has occurred but they passed a voter ID uh, law. Wow. So what they've got is a solution in search of a problem with the goal of suppressing the vote. And then, but going back to Wisconsin, that was it. They, they, they have a, 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 a election over who's going to sit on the Supreme Court and what happens with that election will impact a ruling of the Supreme Court, a case before the Supreme Court uh, very soon, probably before the general election this year, 
to purge yeah. 200,000 voters from the rolls. Boy, I'll tell you the truth. If you want to cheat, this is a good way to cheat, ain't it? Uh, these folks are... There was more to that, though. There was, they, more, they, there was more to that, though. As, as they had so many polling places to go to vote. They shut it down to, I think, as much as five, only five polling, polling places to go and vote um, yesterday. But people stood on the lines practicing the physical distancing with their masks on and their latex gloves. They were out there protected, and they were making doggone sure that they cast their votes because they saw the game that was going on by Republicans and part of the shrinkage of um, polling plates, places yeah. was also by the Republican le- um, legislature in the state of Wisconsin. So it wasn't just the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, it was also the Wisconsin, uh, let me backtrack, the Wisconsin Supreme Court that was GOP led, but also the state legislature that was GOP led. This was a concentrated, if I can call it, organized crime operation. Go ahead. Go ahead. What it was, these folks are called, I'm going, these folks were stealing. They're stealing, they're trying to steal an election. And and to put this apparatus in place to try to impede people from their right to vote is awful. They, 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 Brian Kipp did the same thing down here in, in, in Georgia, over there in Georgia. And uh, just awful how folks are, are continuing the efforts to keep a president in place that's not even worthy of the title president. So why would doesn't make any sense to me that people are continuing to do these shenanigans. Yes, I said it. These folks are continuing to, yep. with the shenanigans all the way up until... And, and then what happened today? Yours truly came out and said, hey, Bernie folks, why don't you come over here to the GOP where, where we are, and I'll show you what we can do. To all my progressive family members, I'm saying it now. Don't you even entertain the idea of going over there at all. And don't even entertain the idea of sitting at the house either. Y'all come over to our side. We're going to break bread. We're going to have a big party, and we're going to come together, and we're going to get this dude out of here. That's what we're going to do. Speaking of that, and I have a piece of paper in my hand, says U.S. Congress, and folks who are going to give up some seats, guys. Nine seats are currently held by Democrats. They are open seats, okay? 27 seats are open, uh, and they are held by Republicans. Three seats with Republican incumbents who were carried by Clinton probably going to flip. And then there are 31 seats uh, that are dead incumbents that were carried by Trump. Now, these folks are in trouble here. And so it is. we have an opportunity to actually secure uh, the Congress even more with these seats. We can turn over these seats and get a full majority. Right now it's 232. Democrats, 196 Republicans, and we have one independent. Um, We have 45 Democratic senators, 53 Republican senators, and two independents. And speaking of their seats, um, currently we have one Democrat that has an open seat that's being held by a Democrat. We have another three open seats that are currently held by Republicans, two seats uh, with Republican incumbents that were carried by Clinton, and then two seats uh, uh, two Democratic seats, uh, incumbent seats that are carried by or that were carried by Trump. So we have the numbers, 
And folks, we're going to continue to share the numbers with you. Murray's going to get back into the statistical side of sharing this information because it's important that the numbers come out. Um, getting back to my previous point, the point is our, our efforts to have the progressive family move over to us after Bernie ended his presidential campaign is now is the time for everyone to set aside their their agenda and come over and 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 let's get this done. I want to say this because I said it in the thread. There is no room for ransom from the moderates. We are not going to budge. There's no ransom for us. You guys, the, the progressive family, we are not asking for you to come over and hold us hostage either. We want you to come over uh -huh. and, 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 and let's become an entire family. If you guys have issues that you want to address, then it's vitally important that you don't hold a ransom over the moderates' heads in order to get what you want. Now, there's talk, and I'm and talk among myself and others. There's talk that there needs to be a vice presidential candidate that can be somewhat a moderate and progressive type person. We have folks that we're everybody share who they want. Um, folks that come to mind immediately are like um, um, Amy Kobacher, uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, because Joe said he would he would select a woman as vice president. I'm starting to see in in political groups, the political groups on Facebook, where Kamala Harris name is coming up again as as someone that could be a running mate for Joe Biden. I said, and I said to Michael outside of outside of of, of being here, I said that we could you could there are two governors that would be great vice presidential candidates. Andrew Cuomo would be great as a vice presidential candidate. Also, the governor of California would be a great vice presidential candidate. These gentlemen are showing presidential leadership and they would make great vice presidential candidates to me. Um, um, Andrew is doing such a wonderful job there in New York, in, in the New York state that he's worthy of being asked to be a vice presidential candidate. The governor of California who's saving millions of lives is worthy of the title of being asked to be a vice presidential candidate. Even Bernie Sanders is worthy of being asked too. And I know there's a lot of folks who are scratching their heads right now. I can't believe Murray said that. Yes, Bernie's worthy of the title of vice president. There's 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 numerous there's numerous scenarios that could come out of this. Um, and I think it's important that we keep our eyes and ears open and and our flexibility open too, guys. It's important that we do that. Bill, what's your thoughts on what I just said? How you feel? How you feel? What do you All think right, about? Vice presidential well, the candidate. Vice presidential, the vice presidential candidate is going to be a card to be played, and you got to play it as well as you possibly can. My, I was for until recently because events overtook the situation. I thought Andrew Gillum would have been a great VP. Absolutely, just would have with his circumstance the way it was before his recent circumstance with yes. the law. Yes, uh, yes. It's sad to hear that. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, making a move like that would have moved Florida to the Democratic column, I do believe. Um, I don't know that uh, uh, the coastal governors, west or east, would, would swing it that much, regardless of their performance. Now, 
uh, Biden has said he's going to select the female. Now, I don't, I'm not necessarily comfortable with saying I'm going to select somebody because of gender. Yes, me really, too. That, that's, that's not enough of a reason to select someone. Mm-hmm. But Gretchen, I think her name is Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan's governor, female, yes. Yes. swing state. Yes. And that would be, I think, really a, a good, good card playing move. That's a card to play. Female, swing state. Midwest, not putting people off these, these flyover state people. They seem, is whatever reason, they they tend to be put off by uh, by California and New York. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree. Whitmer will be an excellent choice. Uh, the South is it's a different animal. That's why I thought Gillum would have been a good choice. Uh, Stacey Abrams, a, a fair choice, but I think she's got a narrow appeal, basically to Georgia. Exactly, um, exactly. And I and I think that. Uh, I think, honestly, uh, my first primary choice would be Whitmer, and um, beyond that, I don't know who who else would be a a, a a better choice. Joe's got his work cut out for him. I can tell you that much. Um, let me talk to about you on Eshan. What what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Are you hear you hearing this? How you feel about about some of these choices? Honestly, I'm gonna have to say, you 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 know my stance. You're going to have to split. It's going to have to be – Biden is status quo. You're going to have to bring in someone. And now, if you want the female VP, Tulsi Gabbard. Again, another progressive uh, – you're going to have that split, moderate progressive. Not only that, you're going to need someone to kind of counter where Biden is weak at that, and that is he is – he has to – you have to get someone who can pick up the young vote. Three people who have been able to successfully do that, Sanders, Warren, and – Gabbard when she was in, but kind of it kind of pulled between Sanders and Warren. If you've actually yes. looked at um, if you look at the average voter the voting voters for Warren and Sanders, it's they Warren had 20% of those 30 I mean 40 and below, and Sanders had about 40% of his voter base is 40 and below. Right. If you can get your if, whereas Biden only had about six, if I was correct. Get someone who can. He's already going to be able to pick up. We've already seen how potent he is in the South Carolina Super Tuesday. A lot of the southern states. He'll. Yes, based on that, but you're going to need someone who can pick up either who can pick up the Rust Belt and start pulling out the untapped voters. That would I be your I, young. I, that would be your those who would seem apathetic. Well, well I had taken issue with. I had taken issue with, with the Gabbard suggestion because. Keep in mind, Gabbard came in behind uncommitted. Uncommitted beat her five to one in South Carolina, and she has like a one percent number across uh, nationally. Uh, I, I think that uh, she she's out of the game. I mean, uh, the other individuals you mentioned, okay, they're possibles, but Gabbard, uh, that would be uh, uh, totally wasted powder. Yeah, second, yeah. I, would, I could also take Andrew Yang, another again another prominent progressive. Actually has the um, universal appeal, universal, yeah. um, universal income that was that's currently that I hate to say it, but Trump's now kind of um, pirated because that twelve hundred dollars he's trying to it's nothing, it's nothing more than universal income, universal basic income. He's just pirated and rephrased it for something else. No offense, mm-hmm. Andrew Yang came up with that first. Yeah, he did, he did. And then the thing, the thing about Andrew Yang is that's going to in this current environment with the intellect of the voters that we're facing that think that Corona beers where coronavirus came from and also mm-hmm. 
the ones that are prejudiced against Asians now because they think all <laughs> Asians created the uh, the virus. Um, it, it's just yeah. what it is. Uh, it's 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 negative. And trust me, I, I think Andrew Yang was on to something because I do. the matter is, the, 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 the coming economy is going to require a, a, a circulation of currency. And circulation of currency is is circulation of blood in a successful economy. And if people aren't buying things, it doesn't matter how much you produce, how much of a manufacturer you are, if they're not buying your product, you know what you are? You're out of business. And Pretty I don't think exactly. these people are seeing the – they're not seeing the long game. So I think that the basic income is, is very important. And there's a – I'm trying to recall off the top of my head. There is a nation – just in the last few weeks is going to begin a basic income for their citizens, but I cannot recall which nation it was. Wow. Norway by chance? I, no, I thought it was something more. I, I would expect that Norway almost already there. I, I can't recall. I, I want to say Spain, but I'm not sure that's yes, right. Spain was the one that actually started putting, they just got a national health care system. That was what I was trying to okay. say, but I'm, I'm not sure if they actually started doing UBI as well. But, again, other countries are doing it. It's about wow. time we actually get in line with the rest of the developed country world. Uh, yes, we need to move. It actually makes sense. It does. It does. Wow. It, the rationale is everything, guys. I think that's it's just rational thinking to move forward and not hold on to the past. Yeah, my good friend can really tell us about the past, and uh, uh, we have to move forward with this. Michael, talk to me. We talked about your governor. Cuomo is uh, doing a yep. job there in, New, in the state of New York. And uh, uh, how do you feel? How do you the feel state about that? has been hit the hardest. How do I feel? Well, as I said, the state that's been hit the hardest, New York State, and he has shown leadership nationally than far mm-hmm. more than the expected national leader. All he wants to be is an um, national golf player, if you want to, um, if you don't mind the sarcasm there. But um, yes, he would make an excellent choice for um, vice president. Um, my guess is that he would, he may very well decline on that, given this uh, what he's facing here, and he's committed to being um, New York governor. I had the pleasure of meeting him in person. When he swore in my cousin as Suffolk County Long Island Sheriff, and I attended the inauguration, and I could tell you offhand, Andrew Como, very nice guy, very nice guy, straight up. You know, he cares about people. He was very critical of Trump at that inauguration after Trump used the term "asshole" countries in reference to people of color, and that was despicable in itself. I mean, this whole year, we could make a a giant list of how Trump has hurt this nation individually and as a whole, with this coronavirus being a major part of that list. Now, with Joe Biden saying that he vows to pick a a female as a running mate, um, and Murray and I had this kind of discussion Understand, it might have been the heat of the moment, but when you're at a debate and you're campaigning, you've got to be careful with your choice of words. And that's why I wish that Joe would have said, 
I vowed that I would give consideration yes. of picking a female for as my running mate. Give consideration. That's a vow you can definitely keep. But then if you turn around and you just made a vow saying that you will pick a female to be your running mate, a lot of people be looking to that. And if you pick a male, you risk losing supporting votes and then bam now we'll be stuck with uh mr 45 mr um nutcase for another four years and lord knows what he might do thereafter since he is so defiant of the laws the constitution and even the judiciary he has this thing of you don't tell me what to do i do whatever the bleep i want because i'm president and yes, presidents or kings, despite what a stupid judge may think, that's his yeah. um, pretty much attitude right there. So if I had to pick, so if I had to pick a female running mate, I was leaning towards Stacey Abrams, considering what happened to her in Georgia. You know that was a nationwide um, story and report. And let's face it. These Republicans want to keep um, falsifying or fabricating issues of voter fraud, voter fraud, which is really no voter fraud. The only cases of voter fraud was only two, and they were committed not by Democrats, but by Republicans. The only fraud there's been is election fraud, and that's what these Republicans are constantly doing. That's what Brian Kemp did when he was then Secretary of State. And as we all know, Secretaries of State in each state oversee a particular election contest, and he mm -hmm. was running for governor. Of course, he had his hands all over that doggone cookie jar and controlling the outcome of that contest instead of recusing himself. So if Stacey Abrams was a running mate and as Biden and Abrams getting into the White House with a very prominent attorney general, you can bet that there's going to be a federal criminal investigation and action taken against Kemp and every single Republican that engaged in this act of uh, debauchery, if I can call yeah. it that. So you did, you did good. Name, to name Abrams as an attorney, not attorney general, as the running mate, and if not being the running mate, she would need to have a very high role in the next cabinet, in a Biden cabinet, yeah. that could really bring about truth and justice and put an end to this organized crime um, nightmare that this nation is facing. I mean, let's face it, we are dealing with a bunch of organized criminals that are acting like there's a mafia and a person in the name of Donald J. Trump who is being like the Lex Luthor of the United States. And anybody don't know about the character Lex Luthor? Superman's arch enemy and seriously dangerous criminal. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. We're on with Eshawn, Michael, Charlene, and the Legal Eagle Bill. And we want to thank everybody for being a part of the show tonight. Oh, what a way to end the show. 
Folks, we got our work cut out for us. Who Joe's going to pick for a VP is up in the air right now. Everybody has their choices. I have my choices, but I think I'm going to do some more homework before we come back again and, and let everybody know. It could be know. you, Murray. It, it could. It could. I would do a good job, too. I would do a good job, too. Because the first thing I would do is do a whole lot of house cleaning. And that's what's going to have to happen. Joe's going to have to have one giant broom to sweep out all the stuff that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. One thing that I will say, being former military, is what is absolute debauchery is having a sitting president fire a captain off an aircraft carrier where his men supported him. I think mm-hmm. that was even more that give that just gave even more prudence to why we need to remove why we need to unelect Donald Trump from office, folks. And if anybody who's service members out there who are listening tonight, uh, you have my full support. You have my full support. No one in leadership should ever be done that way, but it happened to the captain of of, of that aircraft carrier. When you have a thousand, a thousand or so men cheering you on, it says a whole lot in my mind. Folks, we want to thank everybody and for being mind a- you. Folks, we want to, folks, we want to thank everybody for being a part of the show tonight. Uh, Michael got a lot more to say. You're gonna to have to tune into the next episode to hear what he had to say. So, Charlotte, <laughs> Bill, and Michael, we want to thank you. Hey, folks, whatever you do, stay together, stay in love, peace. Thank you for listening to the Community Call podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. Join us next time for another rousing episode right here on anchor.fm.